This podcast is brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton. From the campus of the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School, this is Career Talk on Business Radio. Here is your host, Dr. Don Graham. Welcome to Career Talk, your career insider. We are here on Business Radio, and we are powered by the Wharton School, Sirius XM, Channel 111. Hey, if it is noon on Thursday, Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific, we are taking your calls right now at 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham. I'm the career director for the Wharton MBA program for executives here in Philadelphia. I'm also a licensed psychologist and former corporate recruiter. Today, we are celebrating all of our new graduates with the best advice for getting a job, as well as, if you have one, how to catapult your career. So to help us with this topic today, we welcome Beth Hendler-Grunt, the president of Next Great Step, a New York City-based provider of career counseling to college graduates. Leveraging and scaling her corporate experience, Beth helps students to succeed in the workplace, and we're excited to have her in studio today. Welcome, Beth. Thank you so much for having me. So we're excited to have you on Career Talk, and I noticed when I was looking at your bio, you um, graduated from my alma mater. You have your MBA from Seton Hall. Yes, I do. That's where I did my undergrad in psychology, so... Oh, great. I did not know that. Yeah, go Pirates. Um, So... I think we've all been in that space where we go to college, we go to, we take classes, we do all these things, and we have no idea then how to go through the job search process because we're not really given those specific skills or we're not really taught how to necessarily apply some of the things we learn in the classroom. So it sounds like that's what your company does. It kind of fills that gap. Absolutely. We help students understand this process. They were in school for 16 years with a syllabus and they were told every day where to go and what to do. And now looking for a job, the rules are not quite so clear. So we are helping them with some guidelines and structure of how to move forward and how to present themselves and really offer value to an employer as opposed to saying you're great at something that you can really help someone be successful. The job search has changed. I mean, social media is playing a big role. And, you know, the online applications, they're, I mean, the, the Internet is saturated. So you really have to learn to stand out. And sometimes parents just don't know what the newest and latest and greatest techniques. I mean, one way video bios and interviews via text and yes. and all of these new strategies that, that we're all just learning about, it's really difficult to give advice when you've not gone through that. The flip side of that or the other side is that you know sometimes parents give great advice and students just can't hear it from their parents. So that in comes Beth to yes. give the same advice where the student's like, why didn't you tell me that, mom? <laughs> you know, most parents actually have some great advice. It's just that it's coming from the parent or the mom or the dad. So I, what I like to think is that I have some really nice tools and techniques that help students in a really practical, easy way. And I'm also a mom, and I understand the dynamics of how to talk to students. So if we have parents out there who, who want to to learn more about Next Great Step, Beth, where, where can they go? Great. Well, they can visit our website at nextgreatstep.com. And actually, you can download, there's a free five-tip checklist of things that your student can do right now to help them land the job. So I invite you to 
get that. But uh, nextgridstep.com, and you can learn about our services and how we can support and help your student to be successful. Um, you know, Beth, here we are in, in 2018. What are the, the current trends in hiring new graduates? So the trends that I'm seeing is that employers see a lot of candidates. And the good news right now, the market is definitely on the upswing. But the challenge is that students are not always differentiating themselves because you come out of school and you look very similar on paper with the same degree or same school, same major. And what employers are hoping for you to do is to really differentiate yourself. And how you do that is not just telling how you can offer your skills, but how you can actually solve a problem for the employer, how you can help them to make money or save money or really help them you know, create some efficiency. It's having students think beyond, well, I'm here and I went to school and that hopefully that would be enough, that it's, it's still competitive and employers want students to really demonstrate the value that they have because that's also how students stand out. So if you want a little secret about how you can compete. We love secrets. We love secrets, If you want the secret of how students or if you are a parent listening and you want to help them compete, it's think about what is important to that employer or that company and how they accomplish what is their measure of success. And if you can find a way to help them be a little bit more successful or make them more efficient or achieve things and achieve their goals, that's what they're looking for. They want you to present that, and that's what makes you stand out. So being very specific to your audience. So one, you have to know your audience. And the great news is in today's day and age, it's really easy to research a company, find out what their pain points are, find yes. out, I mean, everything from their you know financial statements, if they're a public company, to who is at the company through LinkedIn. So right. we are very fortunate to be in a, in a day and age where we can research that. So there's no excuse for not knowing that. But then what you're saying, Beth, is taking it a step further by then looking at your own skill set and saying, how can I, now that I understand my audience, solve their pain points with the skills I bring to the table? Do you, do you have an example to kind of really bring it home for, for parents or students who are thinking, yeah, I want to I help my coach my, my college grad on this, but I'm not really sure what to say? Sure. So I had a young woman who... Um, had great uh, sales skills and she knew how to sell and market and she felt really good about that and she was competing and got to the fourth round of interviews. It was very, very difficult. But what she did was she said, not only do I think I have strong sales ability and my ability to communicate, but I know how to help you generate X, you know, 10% more revenue because I see this as an opportunity. I think I can help you grow in this market, a market that they were trying to get into. So she learned what was important to them and she said, okay, I'm going to help you accomplish that. Now, whether that actually happened or not, it's just the fact that you're that a candidate is putting yourself in the shoes of the employer, and that's what employers want to see, mm-hmm. that you're invested in helping them be successful because you, in turn, will be successful, too. Yeah, I think that's a great point, Beth, is that an employer wants to know that you're interested in them specifically. So it's it, you know when they ask why our company or why this role or why our team, I think that's another great point that parents can coach their students on or if their students listening that you can make sure you include in your interview answers. Why this company? And it's that's not right. enough to say, well, Google's a great company or I'm really passionate about technology. So Facebook is is something I 
want, but something very specific, like, like talk to people who work there, find out what's the culture like, what, you know, are there, their internal moves and promotions a very key part of what they do? I mean, find out specifically so that you can say, this is why I want to work at your company and how I can be an asset yeah, to it. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we hear a lot, Beth, about, um, underemployed that, that are all of our new college grads are underemployed is this is this a, a true stat or is this maybe exaggerated a bit so there is a statistic actually the uh, New York Federal Reserve Bank just came out with that 30 to 40 percent of grads are underemployed so there's a reality that's okay I think what what students need to think about is if you get into a job and you're underemployed and you feel that you could be doing more, you want to think about how can I get everything I can out of this experience in terms of learning new skills? Can I network with people that maybe I've never met before? So instead of feeling like, hey, I wish I did better or I'm not where I want to be, that you need to just take everything and think of it as an opportunity as opposed to feeling like you're not where you wanted to go. So, um, you know, use the word network, and that's one of the things that, of course, we bring up on this show a lot. But I think that that word is is overused in the sense that we don't often define what it is. So as, as you know, maybe you're a college student and you feel like you're underemployed. Talk specifically, Beth, about how they can, can use that network to maybe get to the next level. Thank you for asking that, because so many students are struggling with that word as well because they don't know what to do. And there's this fear of if I call someone or reach out, what do I even say? So what I advise is let's take it in pieces. First thing you want to think about is, well, what are your own skills before you even pick up the phone or email or message someone? What do you want someone to know about you? And I like to think about what are your three core skills, the three things that you are the best at, the most competent, and you have examples that prove that you did it. So first, before you even network, take an inventory of, of what you have to offer. I'm analytical. I'm a good writer. Um, one skill I would not say is hardworking. It's everybody says I'm hardworking. So that's great, but it's hard to differentiate yourself if you say that. But pick your skills. Then target very specific people. Say, okay, I am uh, a good writer. I'm in journalism. I want to pursue something where I want to get into writing or some kind of um, content writing. So identify people that have a job that you would want. Now, normally they think, well, why would I do that? Because these people can talk to you and tell you about what it's actually like to be there versus you guessing or looking on the internet. And the best people to do that, especially when you're at school, is alumni, because they tend to be the most friendly, the most sympathetic, and everyone well, everyone needed a job when they graduated, mm -hmm. so they tend to be welcoming. So know your skills, find an alumni who has a job, usually someone maybe recent grad, and then talk to them about the skills you have and what you're looking for and ask really good questions about what they do and how they measure success and how you could, you know, the challenges they find and then see if they can link you to someone else. So you can't call up and say, hello, will you hire me? Because they don't know you. You don't have a relationship. But if you demonstrate that you've taken the time to research them, that you have some skills and you ask some thoughtful questions, then they know what to do with you. And then they know what direction to introduce you to someone or connect you. And that's how 
I advise to a network effectively. Like I love informational interviews that you can get a lot out of 20 minutes with someone on the phone and can really guide you and, and direct you a lot further. So that's a term we hear a lot. And I'm sure a lot of um, new grads are being coached to do that. Go do an informational interview. And you're thinking, well, what is that? And how can I succeed in that? And you know, you brought up a lot of good tips, so I want to tease that apart, Beth, because I think I think one, it's important that you prepare. You need to do research. If the person has posted blogs, if the person is on Twitter, if the person has posted videos or written, um, you know, in a newspaper, things like that, find out as much as you can about that person because someone is not going to invest in you until you invest in them. So, so to not have done your homework today is is something that you know just would be an automatic kind of. <laughs> bad grade. Right. Um, and then, you know, secondly, ask for 20 minutes on the phone. It, and people are busy. C- coffee's going to be pretty difficult unless it's somebody who already knows you well or, you know, a family friend or something like that. But I mean, 20 minutes on the phone is something that most people can give. And then be prepared with two great questions. Because here's the thing. I think you can really impress somebody by the questions you ask when they're thoughtful and insightful and say, you know, I've, I've got two questions I want to cover in these 20 minutes that are really important to me. And those questions should not be, what do you think I should do? Because you don't need to put that pressure on somebody. They don't know you. They don't know what you should do. You need to figure that out. But those questions should really be, as you point out, Beth, relevant to what they do. I see you've been working in the data analytics field for four years. And, and based on your LinkedIn, you've just finished this big project. You know, I'm I, as somebody who's interested in the data analytics field with a background in engineering, you know, what do you think um, my next step would be? I mean, that is a similar question, but obviously much more well thought out. And obviously, if you come prepared, you're going to impress this person and they're going to get a good impression of you. And that's what you want. We talk about it on this show, Beth, as creating ambassadors. You want to leave an impression where somebody's like, hey, that person really invested. That person is really sharp. They put in the time and and I want to introduce them to somebody or I want to help them. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of the goal of these informational meetings. So they do take some time. They do take Mm -hmm. some homework. And you know, some people will say no, but you have to keep picking up the phone and calling. So, Beth, let's um, let's talk a little bit more about kind of these informational interviews and networking, because I think I think, you know, people can get the structure of them, but there's still vulnerability. A lot of clients that I work see, I, I don't you know, I feel embarrassed or, or, you know, to reach out and basically point out that I don't have a job yet. And, you know, all of my, my peers have jobs. And, you know, so how do people get over that piece of it, Beth? That's so common. I think even it's a gener- I don't know if it's a generational thing, this fear of, well, what if they don't want to talk to me? I'm like, it's okay. There's someone else who will that this concept of grit that it's, it's okay. You just got to keep pushing through and it's not, not personal. But what I would tell them is, you know, be thoughtful about who you want to speak with. And I love LinkedIn as a tool. And one of the simple things that I advise students is when you want to connect with someone on LinkedIn, don't just connect the default, you know, connect and I'd like to connect with you. Write a little note in that connection saying, I noticed that we went to school together or I noticed that you had this job and I'm really interested in your role in sales planning. I'd like to learn more. Let's connect. So start off that you're, you've been thoughtful, you looked at their profile, that you're not, uh, you know, you're not just anybody that you actually really want to connect with them. And then once they accept, then send another thoughtful note inside of LinkedIn, or now you have access to their email. You know, thanks so much for connecting. As I said earlier, I am also a fellow grad. I have 
I think I'm really strong in these particular skills. I'd like to learn more about your role and maybe I can understand more about what you do. Do you have a few minutes to, to speak over the phone and I'm available this day or this day? And that just helps you along of people are receptive. I think students and grads worry that they won't be. And I think they're sometimes shocked when I give the advice and they're like, wow, they actually responded. <laughs> said yes, people are willing to talk to you when you're thoughtful about how you reach out to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you don't hear back from them in two weeks, try one more time. Absolutely. I mean, you know, be persistent. People are busy. People forget people, you know, your email goes into the wrong folder. So, I mean, be persistent, be gracious, you know, hey, just just thought I'd follow up one more time to see if, if this might be something we can we can chat about, you know, and if they don't move on, there's lots of people out there. But I do think it's important to, to send an individual note to invest in them. And, you know, here's the thing. People who are, are new graduates, you know, if your friends have landed in companies, well, chances are those companies might be hiring other grads. So those are great people to connect with. Or if you have people around you who have great second level contacts, your second level contacts, their first level contacts, which could be your professors, it could be family friends, it could be neighbors, it could be your friends' parents. I mean, these people are all out there in the world of work connected to individuals who might be hiring. So these are all great people to talk to. And as you mentioned, Beth, be thoughtful, know what you want to say, know what your skills are. You talked a few minutes ago about knowing your, your top three skills and having examples. Make this part of your conversation. Let's talk about people who are starting in their role and they they want to kind of catapult and get ahead. So, you know, when we're in school and we, we want to be whatever it is we want to be, an accountant, a writer, a, you know, any of these things, we see ourselves kind of 10 years in, like doing doing the job in the corner office. But obviously we don't start there. So what are some, some things people can be doing now early in their career to get ahead and fast track? Great question. So... One of the things, yes, I agree. People want to feel like they have, they're making an impact. That's something very common with grads. They want to feel they're doing something that's important. But you have to start somewhere. And the things that they can do right now is, first of all, show up to work every day on time and do what you're supposed to. And sometimes it's not so glamorous, may not feel so exciting, but you need to persevere. And that was one of the things that we talked about earlier of just you have to do what you need to, and you, but you need to think about how can I get other experiences? And one of the things I encourage new grads to is make sure that you are meeting with your boss and that not only are they sharing expectations with you, but you share your expectations with them. That if you would like to learn a new skill or get exposure to client interaction, that you need to share that and let people know around you that you want these experiences because that's what makes them happen. If you just keep it to yourself and hope that someone will tap you on the shoulder for it, it doesn't necessarily happen. The part about speaking up and advocating for yourself continues throughout your career. If you want to get promoted, if you want to be consistent, Considered, you need to let people know the good work that you're doing. I had a student, he was actually uh, working as a research assistant at uh, in Stanford, but he had two different bosses and one wanted one thing, one wanted another, and he felt very pulled and like he wasn't doing a good job. And I said, well, did you ask their expectations of you? He's like, no, I'm not sure what their expectations are. So you need to also just continue to communicate with your manager. Sometimes you need to manage your manager in mm-hmm. terms of how you progress and making sure that you're meeting expectations and you're on track. And I think the more that you continue to communicate is helpful. I think also networking inside the job is really, really valuable of meeting people in different departments, different areas, just learning what they do because 
that's how you get exposure to other opportunities and really making the most of it. Be a sponge. Be curious. Yes. Ask questions. Um, the show has gone by very quickly, Beth. Thank you so much for your great advice. For more insight from Business Radio, please visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.